1: And out of the pen, onto the mound, it's the second hour of Sports Talk. Now with us, Evan Kahn, I'm Scott Beatty, and we're with you until 6 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Go until 6. Join the program. You can weigh in at 217-356-9397 or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Texter told us, hey, Illinois could go 3-9 and nine this year, football, so let's talk about basketball instead, and who Illinois will be beat by in the first round of the NCAA tournament. There's a sunny disposition.
2: I... <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't spend a whole lot of time with that person, because that's just
1: just a terrible mindset. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> one one game at a time, my friend, and we're in the thick of football season. I know it's 93 degrees now. It's cooled off since last hour.
2: <laughs> hey, I could pay rent, but you know I'm going to die one
1: day. So what's the point? <laughs> I know. We got to you got to be where your feet are, okay? You got to be <laughs> where your feet are. We're glad you're with us uh, for this hour lots to, to dive through in the world of football and baseball as well. Buckle up, White Sox fans. I I, I, I it's must sweep. I did it. I know you could win the series and you're still in it as they play Cleveland tonight. You'll hear it on DWS starting at 6:30, but I almost feel like tonight is the season it's like it feels like it's coming down to a game because if you don't sweep the series you cannot gain 3 games on the Cleveland Indians with the Guardians sorry put it in the jar uh, and then what
2: exactly and i yeah that that's where you you turn to hopeful if they only win 2 out of 3 that they can get it done um yeah, it's just a, a tough look. I, I didn't read too much into it, but it sounds like the Indi- guardian. <laughs> see, see, I didn't see even I need mean did. to do it.
1: <laughs> I'm a uh, bad
2: influence on you people. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if the Guardians are worried that the White Sox could get hot, but they've been talking, you know, wrap up the Central as quick as we possibly can, win, win all these games and, and just get it done. That includes taking care uh, of the White Sox, but they're at home. They've got the probably the three guys that they would want to pitch in a, a win or go home kind of scenario going for them the next three days and you know all, all bets are off sounds like they're working Elvis Andrews over a second in the event that Tim Anderson pulls uh Anthony Rizzo from 2019 and just rises from the dead like the undertaker and, and hits a bomb out in his first at-bat something like that but the <laughs> everything's stacked against them L- luckily the the twins have kind of fallen off so it's not trying to hurdle two different teams but it's yeah it's almost impossible and yesterday I, I looked it up this is the second time the white Sox are five games over oh yeah, yeah they had done it about a month or so ago right before right when we thought they were getting hot and then they cooled off and then tony uh went on the shelf w- with his health issues and, and they've been up and down but they got they got to ride this this upswing while they can
1: Aaron Savalli is the starter for uh, Cleveland tonight. He's pitched just okay against the White Sox in his career and couldn't get through an inning in his one start against them this year with a sore right wrist back on July 13th. So you got Dylan Cease going against a a guy that doesn't necessarily spark confidence in terms of his history against the the White Sox. So that would favor them. Cease at 14 and 7 overall, 216 ERA, a nice whip of 1.08 and it's at home the the Guardians though have been kryptonite against the White Sox they're just kind of the opposite in a team and they <laughs> will take first to third they they will put pressure on the defense and the defense isn't good for the White Sox but the White Sox are doing what they were supposed to do and that's hit extra base hits <laughs> and home runs and they seem to have a little spark under Miguel Cairo. And we found out today Tony is not going to manage in the uh in this series at least, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> I uh, you, can you say the quiet part out loud? From a baseball standpoint, maybe that's good. Mm-hmm. not not good for his health but i, I it would seem like well, a disruption for, if he all of a sudden yeah, came back in a
2: continuity standpoint there you, you go. said it you said it yesterday i mean there's 14 days left and and they've been with Cairo for i think 14 maybe maybe 3 weeks now maybe it's going on 21 days but yeah here there here there this guy's managing that guy's managing and, and you would just figure that there's some differences between Tony Larusa and Miguel Cairo i can't imagine that they're the exact same person <laughs> so so you know, There's go, a little bit of difference. Yeah, there. yeah. Expectations, personalities, all all that sort of thing. But if him being around the club, I don't know. With them being in Chicago, I don't. If he's there pre-game, if he's given a, a pep talk before the game or, or something like that. But
1: win one for the Gipper. Yeah. Out in San Diego tonight, the Cardinals against the Padres. Mike Clevenger for San Diego. Adam Wainwright. For the Cardinals, and it could be the week. It could be, oh, I mean, I get it could be the day, depending on how things go. That uh, Albert Pujols hits the milestone, so you're on alert from now on. There was one time it was in the minor leagues, and there was this guy that was gonna break a home run record. I think it was a single season record, or maybe it was, but he got to the mark, whatever it was, and then went cold <laughs> and so every, I felt like every time every time steps to the plate I gotta remind you know and it's also it's minor leaks and it's not like we're dealing with household names right <laughs> so if you are familiar with what's going on pool holes goes up to the plate maybe you already know the context but I just felt like I had to remind everybody this guy <laughs> may go break a record and it's like okay I'm tired of saying this so just as a reminder, Albert Pujols might hit 700. <laughs> him, in, him and Judge both. In San
2: Diego. Two home runs away. So they've got that little bit of buffer before the, the pressure is really on.
1: Yeah, but Judge has had the most multi-home run games. He's had one of the most multi-home run ga- seasons in Major League history. <laughs> Some s- absurd number of multiple home run games. I want to say it was 11. Wow. That sounds. I think Sammy Sosa did that one season. (laughs) That also sounds right, (laughs) (laughs) and it was not ninety (laughs) eight. I mean, it was a one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just on a binge. Mm. Um, man, Otani versus Judge. It it is just so hard. I mean, Judge is got all has sucked up all the oxygen with how he has performed. You can't forget what Otani is, and I still, I think I still would maintain. That my definition of MVP of if you were to pick a team from build a team from scratch for a season and forget salary caps and contract structures and all that what what's the first person you'd want on your team (laughs) wouldn't you want Shohei Ohtani (laughs) even if you had versus Aaron Judge wouldn't you want a guy that can hit and pitch
2: probably. This discussion is going to go on for as long as Otani plays because nobody else does both things. And that's why war is cool and why war also is like, eh, I don't know if that's true. Judge is like two wins ahead of Otani, even though he's pitching and hitting. Yeah, he broke 10. I think only the fourth player to do it in modern history along with Mike Trout, Shock, and Mookie Betts did it uh, his MVP year with the Red Sox, whatever that was, 17 or, or 18. I. And maybe this is the WWE pro wrestling booker in me, but last year, Otani, what he was doing, that was the story of the year. He started the All-Star Game on the mound, and he was the DH hitting the home run derby. He finally put it all together, and, and you award him with the, the MVP. This year, we've kind of been on Maris's record watch since... May, June, (laughs) the the majority of the season, especially these last three months, the story has been Aaron Judge chasing this uh, American League record. And and he's got the numbers to back it up. The Yankees, something like in wins, he's got, I, I should have taken the numbers, but he's got something like an 800 OPS in wins and like a 1,400 OPS or the higher one is in wins, the worse one is in losses. And if you've seen the Yankees' record over the last three months, they wouldn't even have the wins that they do without Aaron Judge. So I, I think from a storyline perspective, from a war perspective, if if that's the way you want to go, I think you go with Aaron Judge. Put it in would, enough- you, would you be wrong if you said Shohei Otani for the next 15 years? <laughs> no,
1: probably not. Uh, put it another way, if you take Aaron Judge away from the Yankees this year, can they be at all the winning team that they are? And if you no take way. Shohei Otani away from the Angels, can they be the sub-500 team that they are without him? So. Well,
2: maybe <laughs> maybe not. Maybe maybe they're flirting <laughs> with 40 wins without him. But
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then well, Cubs and Marlins tonight continuing uh, their efforts. So Drew Smiley got pushed back. Mm. Uh, out of uh, uh, fatigue, shoulder fatigue. So uh, is instead we'll see Adrian Sampson. I don't know if he's taking Smiley's spot. You would you would know better than me. But uh, he's anyway. He's the pitcher of note tonight.
2: I, I think Miley's supposed to go tomorrow night. I, I don't know if th- this has has gotten flip flopped or or something like that. But just uh, another <laughs> line of arms that are really kind of pitching for next season and trying to figure out if yep. they've got a, a roster spot with the Cubs or, or with somebody else. Last night, things didn't go well for Miley, but then you, you had guys like Jeremiah Estrada come in and look good out of the pen, um, and that's just, just kind of how it is. Michael Hermosillo, one-time Illinois football commit. He, he's come back. He made a nice play last night. He hasn't been able to get it going with the, the bat, and it's just... The Cubs don't have a whole lot of stars, and two of their three stars are on the I.L. right now, and Nico and Wilson Contreras, so not a whole lot of reason to, to watch Cubs baseball the last couple weeks.
1: We'll take a pause. we got more of this and uh, football as well to get to, and some uh, some interesting developments And it comes into the world of the NBA and how it mm-hmm. might impact Brad Underwood and the Illini in the future. All that coming up. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Illinois football is under the lights this week as they welcome in the Chattanooga Mocs for a rare Thursday night game. Hey, it's Scott Beatty. We have you covered here on DWS with Sports Talk starting at 4, then the Ryan Dallas Real Estate pregame Show at 5.30, kickoff with Brian and Martin at 7.30, and we'll stay up late for the Fasteners Etc. Post-Game Show as we take your calls and texts. It's Illini Game Day Thursday night right here on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and WDWS.com.
0: Now at newsgazette.com, inside of Live Night Basketball, a weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Rickey, who has a lot of good news. Basketball practices start in a week.
1: Sports talk carrying on on this Tuesday, going up till 6 o'clock. White Sox baseball at 6.30. Sox hosting Cleveland. we got a nice little surprise for you here. Darren Jackson is a radio analyst for the Chicago White Sox, and he's good enough to make some time. Didn't know if we were going to be able to cross paths today, and it all worked out, and so here he is with us before we'll hear you again a little bit later. Darren, from the ballpark, how are you, sir?
0: Oh, guys, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Well, we were talking about this last segment that I know uh, the, the Sox need to win the series and they need to sweep, but you can't do that without winning this one so it feels like tonight's kind of it even though it's not does it feel like it's all it does it feel like everything's focused on tonight
0: i'll be honest with you 100 correct yeah i mean every conversation i have with anybody around the ballpark or or, or even fans at this point uh, the only sensation that i have is that you have to win tonight there's nothing else matters and then, of course, it's going to carry over to tomorrow. You have to win that game. It's just an actual feeling that we have right now around the ballpark is, is there's must-watch TV, there's much win, must-win baseball, and, and that's what we have right now. It's must-win baseball tonight, can't afford. Now, look, here's the irony to that, right? Is you go, we've got to win this. And if you lose, you go, okay, it's not the end of the world. We've got to win tomorrow. <laughs> so, but it is important in everybody's mind that we set the, set the tone tonight and we pick up the win. The 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 hitting
1: that's gone on in the last uh, several games and the power, how has that shown up here recently? What what do you attribute it to?
0: Well, in all honesty, what it is, it's got guys that have decided instead of staying just inside the baseball and accepting a lot of you know high percentage base hits the other direction and up the middle is they're going to be able to get out in front in the, of the plate, and make some solid contact. They're getting out to the baseball is what I like to say, and they hadn't been they'd waited back for the ball to get to them then attack it you got to have a bit of a weight transfer and these guys have all had the ability to do this all year long they just haven't been doing it so whatever the message has been of recent times last few weeks it's clicked and these guys have decided it's time to drive the ball because now all of a sudden we're catching up to what had been missing we're a high power team in a short period of time and It's been a big difference in how the games have turned out. We're picking up these wins, whereas before we were losing a lot of close, low-scoring games.
1: Talking with Darren Jackson, White Sox radio analyst. We've talked with Len Casper a few times through the season, and you're going to hear them tonight as they take on Cleveland pregame at 6.30.
2: Hey, Darren, this is Evan. As we look up and down the the AL Central, I I don't think it's just the White Sox, but there's other teams in that division who would say that they've had disappointing seasons. But as we were kind of hashing it out, you know, the the guys that are on the Tigers roster and and the the Royals, they've got some young stars. Is is the Central more competitive? Is there more talent there than than we're given credit for? and, And the records don't really reflect that?
0: Um, actually, I think what's, what's going on, let's just use Kansas City and, and Detroit are at the bottom of the division. Look, they've got talent that still needs to develop up at this level, and, and you know, there's high hopes that all of those younger players that get here are going to perform at the same level they did before they got here, AAA or AA or wherever they were, and they're going to get here and make quick adjustments and be stars immediately. Well, if they could do that, then they'd be impactful and they'd be winning instantly, but it's not that easy <laughs> There's some growth that has to take place while you're here, and when you're out there every single day with you know, so many young players, there's going to be some some painful mistakes that are made that are going to cost you games. So I, I don't think that up and down the Central, the development's quite even yet. And you also look at Detroit in particular, how many of their unbelievably young, talented stars and the starting staff went down. Their pitching went down, and so did their hopes immediately because they were really riding that along with the, some of the, you know, experienced players in their roster and some of the young talent, the Torkelsons and Riley Greens, they thought would contribute right away. Green was on the I.L. to start the season. Torkelson struggled and he had to make some adjustments. So, you know, there's always high hope and then the season starts and then everybody goes, all right, let's make the adjustments we have to and keep on moving. Well, that's why the team we're playing here tonight, the Guardians, have been the team that's kind of looked and said, you know, we're healthy. We've got things going pretty good for us right now. We're We're young and we're playing, uh, I, I think, they have played full steam ahead. They just don't make many mistakes, and that's why they're the cream of the crop in the division for now, and I hope these next three games kind of make them feel a little different about that.
2: Yeah, a, a guy that's not in the rotation for this series, but somebody who's kind of been up and down for the White Sox really since he's gotten there is Lucas Giolito. Didn't have too bad of a, a start last weekend when he went out, but what, what do you think has gone wrong for him this season?
0: Well, you know, Lucas is a guy that obviously has proven that he can be uh, really, really bad. Uh, You go back to 2018-17 when he really was, you know, ERA-wise, he made the starts, but the numbers were just terrible, he'll tell you that. But then he turned around and figured out how to be, well, one of the best pitchers in the Major leagues. the next year, become an All-Star, throw a no-hitter a year later after that. I mean, you're looking at somebody that figured out how to make the proper adjustments. Well, I think he's at that stage again. He's just trying to get to where he's making the proper adjustments once again. He's he's proven he can do it. So whether he's up or down in that particular moment, he's one of those guys to me I would never count out. He can go out his next start and throw a no-hitter. He can go out his next start and give up 5 runs. I think he's the guy day in and day out when he's working is in command of his own destiny. It's just he's got to figure it out that day, getting his rhythm and when he gets in a rhythm, forget it. We've seen He had a start earlier this year and earlier this year against the angels where he was struggling early in the game and he made one pitch in about the third inning that was fouled straight back in a hitter's count. And after that pitch, he looked like he had figured it out within the middle of an at bat. And then from there, I think he went on to retire like 15 straight batters. And I'm like going, yeah, there it is. So he's that guy. He is definitely somebody that can put you down in a heartbeat when he figures it out. But The sooner he figures it out in every start, then the better the White Sox are.
1: Talking with Darren Jackson, White Sox radio analyst, how about these Cleveland Guardians? They have seemed to be the foil to the White Sox this year. And uh, what is it, the season series? I think the White Sox have to sweep if they want to win the head-to-head matchup. I I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head. You're correct, yes. Uh, but, but, yeah, they just seem to do a little bit of what the White Sox don't and maybe vice versa. But how have you seen these two teams compare and contrast?
0: Well, I I think the number one difference between the Guardians and us is they just don't make as many mistakes as we have to cost ourselves some games. I mean, we've made some mistakes defensively in the end. We might miss the cutoff, man, or or we might not make a play that needs to be made, and that's it they haven't done that against us as often, and every team still does it. I mean, nobody's perfect and make errors and make mistakes, but in, in the case of going head-to-head, it's just, you know, we fared okay, but we do need to win all three games and make no mistakes because we, cannot, we can't count on the Guardians to go out there and make mistakes. If we're doing that, then we got a problem.
1: Darren, when you talk about mistakes, uh, we're talking about, you know, the the rigors of a 162-game season, and you lived it, you went through it. Is there something that certain players need to be doing? Is it on them? Because nobody wants to go out and make mistakes and nobody coaches towards them, right? But this is pro baseball. You do a lot of that in spring training and then you go. So where is it on the players um, to to make sure they're the sharpest they can be?
0: Well, that's a great question. Um, In the end, it really comes down to the mental fortitude. I mean, how tough are you mentally day in and day out, that last month of the season in particular? Um, You get tired, physically mentally every single day it's re- repeat and rinse and you've got to b- you got to be consistent on how your thinking is you've got to focus at the highest level defensively every play for example if if i was playing center field in a game and there wasn't one ball hit to me I, at the end of the game i should still be mentally exhausted having visualized every pitch every ball off the bat in preparation of it actually happening. I, I need to figure and see the angle off the bat, know who the batter is. If it's somebody as big as Frank Thomas, then it leaves the bat at a certain angle. I know that ball, I got to get going. Uh, if it's hit this way, got to get going. It just, that's how exhausting it is. Every pitch, you've got to focus. And if you forget to do that, all of a sudden the ball's hit to you and your action is wrong. And you're like, uh-oh. And it's too late when you go, uh-oh. So yeah, that kind of, that's on the players. All the pregame stuff, you know, you can take the ground balls, fly balls. That's, that's like robotic. You can do that, but you've got to mentally be prepared not to be beat. And you've got to see everything before it ever happens. And if you're doing that, then you're prepared.
1: Darren Jackson with us on Sports Talk for just a few moments longer here.
2: Well, Darren, you said the, the buzz around the ballpark, at least for, from the folks that you've ran into, is this is a must-win game. Is it going to be a playoff atmosphere at the guaranteed rate field tonight? Do you think the fans are going to show out?
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I was hearing different numbers that were being tossed about by a couple of people. It's like, oh, yeah, I hear there's going to be 20,000. I heard somebody else say, no, I think there's supposed to be 30,000, so... Uh, just by hearing that conversation a little while ago gives me hope that the fans recognize the importance of being here and supporting these guys, especially the way they've been playing, guys. They've been they've been playing a lot of exciting baseball. Why would you not, in a game that means everything to the White Sox, as a White Sox fan, not come out tonight in particular? Because they could be the difference of really giving the energy to this team and, and getting them over the top in a close-game situation.
1: Well, Darren, uh, uh, oh, hang on, go well, ahead. I, I, I guess I, I just
2: wondered if you think there's a chance Tim Anderson might see the lineup before season's end.
0: Yeah, as it goes right now, what I'm hearing is that uh, he, he's close. He's close to getting activated, but I, I, I hear that. I, I've got to see it. So I've watched him take baseball uh, activities before the game. He's hitting. He's playing shortstop with a glove on. He's throwing. He's doing all the things that he should to look like he's ready to go. I watched him the other day take a batting practice. The ball was jumping off of his bat. So, to me, it says they're right there, right there in the decision to to make if he's going to be activated and help this team. Or You've got to know that's the key, though, right? Because he's going to take somebody's roster spot. So, if you activate him, uh, you've got to make sure that that is going to mean he's helping your big league club. Otherwise, you're getting rid of somebody that actually can help you. So, fingers crossed, we get that guy that's been a, a batting champion in the past that can help this team down the stretch.
1: Darren, we wanted to say thanks. Uh, you know, we know this this town here in Champaign Urbana largely Cubs and Cardinals, as you would imagine. But we've heard from numerous <laughs> we've heard from numerous listeners that have appreciated uh, the games being on the airwaves here and what you and Len are doing in particular. So uh, we say thanks. Appreciate you offering some time here with us, first of all, but just for the opportunity to have you on our airwaves here this year, we appreciate as well.
0: Uh, Scott, Evan, I appreciate the time and. Yeah, just like you guys did today. You know, I'm available. Just uh, it worked out perfect where I didn't have any obligations when I got here today. So you guys feel free to get a hold of me anytime you can.
1: And if you have a moment before first pitch, uh, maybe go down the hall and I don't know, steal Gene Honda's script or something. Just do something to mess with <laughs> something to mess with our friend. He's our big voice guy here on our station. And
0: oh, I, I know he is. I was just talking to him a little while ago. I will. I tell him that I will tell him that that's what you said for me to do today. No problem.
1: <laughs> Enjoy the ball game. Uh, hopefully you get to call a winner.
0: Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. All right. Thanks,
1: Thanks, much. Darren Jackson, Chicago White Sox radio analyst, 630 pregame, 710 first pitch up on the south side. They better go get it. And they've got Dylan Cease on the mound. It probably, if it this is kind of like a playoff game, but if it was game one, Dylan Cease, yeah, it's this the ball. Is, this is your guy. Yep. That's the way you want to set it up. Good stuff. Appreciate Darren joining us. We will come back in a moment. We have plenty more. Been telling you about. Make sure your furnace is ready to go when the weather finally turns cooler. That's supposed to happen on Thursday. Maybe you should still make sure your AC is in good working condition as well. You could do that with CU Trade Services. At least you want to make sure it's working for the rest of today and tomorrow with these temperatures. CU Trade Services offers a maintenance plan. This is a great way to have peace of mind so that when the temperatures change one direction or another, you don't have to be wondering. Will my furnace work? Will my AC work the way it's supposed to? Instead, you know it will because you've had CU Trade Services in your home working on things and doing the preventative checks and and, and upkeep that needs to be done so you can avoid a big-time emergency. They are a sister company to CU Under Construction And they also offer electrical and plumbing services as well. So if you're just not the DIY type and you want to kind of hit the easy button when it comes to making sure things are in good shape, CU Trade Services. They're right here in Savoy and they serve all of Champaign, Urbana, Champaign County, and even into Iroquois County as well. Check them out online at cutradeservices.com or give them a call at 217 954 Join us for fighting Illini football Thursday night against Chattanooga. 7.30 kick, 5.30 Illini game day Thursday night here on BWF Tomorrow on the program, Coach Q and A will do it on a Wednesday instead of Thursday with football, and we will talk, Evan, you and I, with Anthony Heron from Big Ten Network, WSCR, the score in Chicago, and he'll be on the television call for. Illinois football on Thursday night. I want to make sure we touch on this. It has come up before. This is not new, but it looks like it is now uh, going to happen that the NBA draft will likely be open again to high school graduates or 18-year-olds. 18-year-olds. Yes. Yeah, that's maybe the better better way to do that. The Athletic first reporting on it, uh, Kevin Sweeney SI.com has a very interesting article. About it and what is the impact when it comes to college recruiting, especially if you have a late commit, uh, let's say I don't even know late, but late high school commit and junior, senior, whatever, and they're a possible pro prospect. I'm not talking about Zion Williamson who mm. would have just gone. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about borderline. At eighteen, mm-hmm. are you ready for the league or not? And if you've committed to the Blue Bloods or Illinois or whomever, and then, and then what? That this just adds another layer to me for coaches to have to navigate along with the portal, and and the regular recruiting cycle.
2: Yeah. the The good news is they're they're kind of already this way when they opened up the g-league team to the 18 year olds who wanted to make the jump and then transition in and and right away when this opened you remember brandon jennings went overseas i think he played in australia or italy or something like that and he decided to just skip out on the one year of college and he came back and he was drafted and, and all of that and because the transfer world is now what we're used to i imagine something like that wouldn't be as big of a deal they probably have to declare sometime in April or May and the portal's still open so we can go ahead and, and fill that scholarship. But I, I just kinda wonder what's the the need for it. Like you said, Zion Williamson really the only guy I think that comes to mind. Maybe Cade Cunningham could have made the jump right at 18 but a lot of these guys need that year. They've got to get their body right. They've got to get their mind right. They've got to just adjust to being an adult and going and traveling and city to city and we heard georgie b talk about it when they interviewed him where was he at michigan or michigan Mm -hmm. state and that and he said the biggest thing is you don't have somebody looking after you right these these kids are going from high school right to that georgie at least had three years of college and he's still saying there was an adjustment period to that so i don't know who benefits from this except for the select you know two or three that that can make that jump maybe it, it can the kids that go to college will be more committed to staying in college for a couple, three years, maybe, you know, using more of their eligibility and things like that. But I, I just don't know who really is looking at, oh, now I've got a, a, a better opportunity to make it to the NBA because I can go at 18 rather than
1: 19. Well, th- this is what Kevin Sweeney posits Will Duke and Kentucky, the two biggest one and dud recruiters in recent years, pivot? Roster building strategies to avoid uncertainty. Does it make sense for Kentucky to recruit, say, the number 40 player instead of the number 10 player in a given class, knowing that it might not get clarity on whether the number 10 player will actually matriculate until late May or early June? See, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing: is they don't have to. I mean, they they have up until that whenever that cutoff line is. Uh, I assume it's going to be the same time as. Everybody else that says, "Hey, I am, I'm going into the draft, but at you know, I'm still maintaining my eligibility after their freshman or their sophomore or their junior years," mm-hmm. which we've all been down the road with that recently with Illinois players, um, and it leaves leaves everybody in a well will they or won't they kind of thing from a fan standpoint, but from a coach's, should I go get somebody out of the transfer <laughs> portal? Should I? It's almost like it's like what 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 do mid majors recruit to when they know they don't have a chance at that guy? So I'm going to go recruit that guy, Mm -hmm. or I think this guy's overlooked and we've got something here. But now you don't want to under recruit too much because then they're going to transfer up. Uh, also, if they if they blow up, they're going to hit the portal and say, "Yeah, I'm going to do a year or two at Illinois State, and then I'm going to Kentucky."
2: <laughs> well, this and this is why I've always wondered uh, about the coaches that get the offer to go to the pro level who stick at the college level. <laughs> There's just so many of these things they don't have to deal with. All you got to do is coach at the pro level, whereas college, you've got to deal with, with all of this extra and, and all of that. But uh, that that'll be interesting, and I imagine with NIL, you know, all that old under-the-table money now becomes over-the-table money, and it's like... Oh, depends on what kind of information you're getting. Well, you could be a second rounder and make a nine hundred thousand, or you could come to school. We'll give you one point five. We'll give you a, <laughs> a car. You can get a little bit of an education. This is it, gotta be honest. This is literally what happens every single day across the nation. Yeah. So don't. I'm not. I'm not making up this story. I haven't heard it word for word that this is a story that's told. But I'd be willing to to bet a lot of my own fortune that this is kind of the way that that fortunes go want so but there there will still be kids that that are enticed to the college game right
1: it's kofi's story in a sense he could have stayed here and ostensibly made more money Mm -hmm. than he's probably going to go get because it doesn't look like he's landed on a roster but the difference with kofi was is he was at a point where he says okay i'm intentionally choosing to go a route that is more quote risky in terms of this upcoming year's finances cuz i'm going to bet on myself but that feels different when you're at the stage of life he was which i know is only 3 years or whatever from an incoming freshman but still just as that's just vastly different
2: well yeah being a two-time first team all american yeah. is way different than a mcdonald's all american yeah
1: i mean you could just he can say i've been there done that in college and i want to go see what i can do if you're 18 and you're saying I'm gonna go bet on myself, and I don't buy it, then I'm a late second rounder. That just feels different. And 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 then what mm-hmm. if you don't do it? So hopefully these kids get really good information and don't get wooed into get suckered. Yes. Because as much as they get a lot out of all this, there's a lot of people that. End up becoming their friends all of a sudden because they have ulterior interests. As he calls it and he got game the blood sucking leeches. <laughs> Back to baseball. We knew this, but here's a reminder. No tiebreakers this year. Game tiebreakers. Right. No game one sixty threes. Bye bye. That was was that was part of the CBA. Um, I I
2: think it was just after, yeah, well, after the CBA got decided, they're like, yeah, we can't play in the middle of November.
1: Yeah. So that, that crazy 163 day that happened, what was that? Oh, nine or 10? 11. 11, Yeah. yeah, That, that, that great day that will not happen this year. Everything is set by records head to head first, of course. And then, and that's why it's important for the White Sox also to sweep Cleveland, Mm -hmm. Uh, the intra-division record. Ooh! Uh, if head-to-head records are tied, this would happen only between wild-card teams that play an even number of games. The inter-division record—that's different than intra. That's inter-division. Mm-hmm. Uh, then second-half intra-league, then second-half intra-league games plus one. <laughs> that's the order of tiebreaker. <laughs> Here's where it really—where uh, the rubber meets the road. American League Central. Twins are pretty much out of it, but the yeah. uh, <laughs> I heard it this morning. The Indians, I I'm
2: just so bad at this. The Guardians would have to only win one game the rest of the year, and the Twins would have to basically win yeah. out.
1: Yeah, so that's that's not where there's the most likely chance of a tie is the American League wild card. Mm-hmm. According to this article, Mariners, Blue Jays, and Rays are neck and neck for all three wilds wild cards, and you can read about all the the scenarios National League east um mm-hmm. mets have a 9-7 lead over the braves so i mean both are going to the playoffs but one wants that buy mm-hmm. that sweet buy and there is tiebreakers on the line between the brewers and the padres and phillies that all has to get sorted out <laughs> by the way the brewers have a big series here too with the mets yes so that all has implications it's it's kind of worked out how
2: they wanted it to. I don't know if there's necessarily more teams that are competitive, but we are getting races here down to the end. Not necessarily all the divisions, right? The Astros locked up the West twenty some games. The Dodgers <laughs> locked up the West like 20, five years ago. Twenty some games, but there are, there are teams in many markets and many divisions that still have a chance here with less than two weeks ago.
1: Final thoughts coming up. When you're at your job, when you're at the grocery store, when you're alone doing laundry, even when you're in the restroom,
2: you're never alone.
1: Because thanks to this cool app, we're there too. Take WDWS, WHMS, and WKIO with you anywhere with the all-new News Gazette app. Download for free and stay connected while near and far. You won't
0: miss any of your favorite music, shows, or Illinois sports with the all-new News Gazette app. Hey, Illini family. This is Illinois Volleyball Head Coach Chris Thomas. I hope to see you for a home opener against Maryland this Friday. And catch all the coverage right here on DWS.
1: No football this weekend, so plenty of opportunity to go see volleyball and whatnots. White Sox baseball—we've been building up this game. The tarps on the field right now. Light rain. <laughs> I think they'll do. I think they'll get it in. I don't know. Actually, I haven't looked at the forecast. It's 93 degrees and sunny here. How bad could it be in Chicago? <laughs> yeah, probably just one of those pop-up storms. Or whatever. <laughs> it's just a passing shower.
2: Ch- All right, Chattanooga is a word that. All the letters look
1: like they have a reasoning, but man, that's a really long name. It is, and you also, it's taken me several times to learn it's double T, double O, but not double N.
2: Yeah, I don't know how I spelled this right on the first try, but I did today. But I keep
1: looking at it, it's like, that can't be right. It probably has a meaning that we need to know. Ooh, Could be relevant for the post-game show. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good tidbit. Tune in. (laughs) Late night. (laughs) Um... Get Word right etymology, city yep. etymology, with Scott, Evan, and Michael. Three U of I grads. I mean, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. White Sox at 630. Coming up, thanks for everybody involved. Robert Rosenthal, Darren Jackson, Lauren Tate, Evan Kahn, Edmond on the other side of Scott Beatty, New Sox 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, Good night.